Right, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to be back today with the one, the only, Radfem Hitler. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on again. That that's fine. I've decided to have you on again because it's sort of we're we're at a peak time for your like specialist topics being in this culture war news cycle. And I feel like you've been proven right about an awful lot. And and we're at a very weird point where like Pearl and Tate are the most famous people in the world for being the most awful people in the world. But we we need to sort of lay some groundwork because I'm assuming that my audience might not know who you are. A lot of them might not because they don't know how many of them inhabit Twitter all the time. But I know you as a serious Twitter legend who uh, polarizes opinion like no one I've ever really seen. But what is Radfem Hitler? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really just my id. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you know, I had, uh, I think a lot of people had a falling out with the right, um, kind of post-Trump years. Um, I feel like people got what they thought they wanted, and they, I don't know, they slowly realized like a lot of the community is really toxic, and a lot of the beliefs are just not that based in reality and very diluted, mm. and people are just nasty. I there is just a lot of um there are a lot of problems with the canines a lot of very childish very lost people and a lot of very cruel people that um i think have a really lack of understanding of the world and how it works um and i don't know just the human condition and yeah i just some stuff happened in my life and i just i realized a lot of the beliefs i had were you know, at 22, we're kind of stupid and not really that well thought out. And um, that the people around me weren't good. Hmm. Uh, they weren't good people. And I'm not the only one who kind of went through that. I know a number of people have kind of had their reckoning with the right. And I'm, you know, it's not like they've gone, become full-blown communists or anything, but I think they've just kind of gravitated towards something more towards the middle and maybe something more measured and real and not so dogmatic um you know some maybe they realized the lives are right on some stuff and they had a point they've integrated that into their worldview um and it's more complete more holistic more real um but yeah i just started tweeting at some point as I was dealing with some of my own frustrations and realizations, and I never intended it for it to go anywhere. I was just kind of venting. Um, I never expected for people to get so mad <laughs> and for me to become, you know, like a thing, this big controversial, contentious person in the in this sphere. But um, it it did happen that way, and it's it's been pretty funny. <laughs> it's been pretty enjoyable. So. Yeah. Well, you hit a nerve and a lot of people sort of didn't want to look at that nerve. So you kept hitting it 
and I saw that you yeah. was like nah she's hit a real nerve here and I started like talking about it and kind of just really enjoying this circle of women on Twitter who were really pissed off with their own side so were you were you ever a lib who then got thrown to the right because that's basically what happened to me is everyone overreacted to everything in 2016 I was sort of a default lefty is what we call it it's like someone who's been to university is a lefty didn't really think about it and then all of that happened and I was like, okay, I guess I'm right wing if I disagree with you guys on everything. And so that's why I got really deep into that circle. It's like, well, maybe I'm concerned about immigration and those kind of stuff. And then I find it's attached to these really strange and dark handmaid's tale ideas about women. Mm -hmm. why, why am I involved with this? But were you ever like, you, were you a lib before who got flung across or not? No, I actually never was. Um, I grew up you know, in a household that was Republican, right? So right wing, not, you know, far right, just normal <laughs> GOP politics. Um, that was kind of my upbringing. And then in college, I was like, oh, actually, I'm a libertarian. Um, but again, still right wing. And then I got into like Trump. So I've kind of done the whole span of the right from kind of normie neocon establishment GOP to libertarian minarchy and ANCAP bullshit <laughs> and then to like oh but I'm concerned about immigration so I I like Trump and kind of going down that road of like dissident right um but I yeah but I never identified with any sort of um, liberal or left-wing group, no. Um, and then I don't know what you'd really call me now. I'm not, I don't really consider myself all that political. Um, I don't really believe in ideology. And probably if I were to take some sort of test, it, you know, it kind of show my positions are a bit all over the place. Um, but I don't know, somewhere kind of in the middle uh, now, but yeah, I never, I never had a phase of going to the left. It's more so I was always kind of on the right, and I had my coming to Jesus moment, and I, I realized that that was not the person that I wanted to be, and um, my politics, you know, they just shifted. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't consider it like a reactionary thing. It's I can go like full blown lefty but I just I just kind of realized that there's you know there's truth kind of everywhere and you kind of have to pick it out because most ideologies are it's just kind of tribal warfare and it's they're just like these little consumer ideologies they're not really real and they don't matter they're they're distraction well this is really evidenced by Tate with um, Candace Owens this week where it's just completely ridiculous because her entire career is basically you know saying I'm a conservative Christian and talking about sort of how the left wing is hypocrites and uh, how it's full of stinking corruption uh, and and to even sit down with Andrew Tate is is pretty much flying in the face of all your values and then to softball the interview it just 
it it very blatantly shows that this whole thing is like a facade and these people are playing team sports and that's not really what i signed up for um because i wasn't into politics before 2016 before trump and brexit and it was really only the meta level it was like okay well this has sent everyone completely crazy and right. want to know why everyone is screaming no you're a horrible racist at my parents because that's essentially what happened was everyone's like oh no i can't believe these racist leave voters and i kind of took that personally because i don't view, i don't think my parents are like horrible racists and they wanted out of the eu and that was really my in i've never been interested in the conservative party or the labor party and then for those four years i sort of had to I I really caught myself up to speed on how it all works. And then coronavirus rolled around and I was like, oh, right, it's all one party. Screw all that. Like, <laughs> I was right in the first place to, to know that it's all a waste of time. But I feel like we're at a very, very good point where there's just, like, the corruption is popping off left, right and centre with stuff being revealed on kind of all sides. So it's a really terrible time to hitch your wagon to the left or the right. Yeah, it is kind of terrible, but it's kind of, I don't know, I kind of see it as white pilling almost um, mm -hmm. in the sense that, um, I mean, obviously it's really hard to see truths like that, but I think, you know, overall you do, it's better to know that than not. Um, and so it, I don't know, like I, I do, I think with particular Zoomers, I've noticed a lot of them are just kind of, a number of them are pretty checked out of all that because they, they realize that, oh, it's all kind of BS. <laughs> and maybe you can call that apathy, but I don't know, maybe I, I think I, I see it a little bit more optimistically in the sense that something, different will emerge i hope that's the idea um maybe something that's not so i don't know deranged um because at this point it's like who who do i vote for you know i i don't either i vote for people who who hate women um or i vote for people who want to closed down the whole world for COVID, for something that's not really a problem and is going to lock me up in my house. Um, so that's kind of like, it, it kind of leaves you with no options. But I think because of that, there's, there's this growing group of people that also feel that way and something's going to emerge in that space, right? Something new, something different, hopefully something better that's a lot more sensible and not and not either one of these insane positions um because i think so many people are just completely tired of this paradigm that we're currently in it's exhausting and i don't i don't like either side <laughs> i don't i don't like dealing with conservative i don't like dealing with rabid libs i want to like trans kids i don't want to deal with repeal the 19 freaks you know, it's mm. normal people don't want to deal with either of those options. They're absolutely nuts. 
Well, I'm worried that quite a lot of my audience are actually like relatively well adjusted. They're like the ones that I've met anyway, they have families and they're like married and they've got decent jobs and stuff. So they're not like, they're not from this ecosystem, but I think you can see looking at, yeah, we mentioned before hitting records, like these teachers that talk about what the kids are saying in the classroom that they've picked up from TikTok, what they're actually saying about the girls in the class. Like it is genuinely frightening. And I, I I was repeatedly making a point of saying like, how is Sam Smith a threat when you've got like this going on? And I mean, if you really want to research it, like how teenagers sort of think that sex is supposed to be now because of the oversaturation of porn, it's not good. Those emergency room statistics are not good and this is like a very, very serious problem that I think does lay at the right wing. And they and they're instead of even looking at it for like one second, they have just sort of focused on Pride Month and said they're coming for your kids. They're coming for your kids. Every, everyone wants to groom your kids. And it's like this. There's a child's groomer on, on on this side right now. He runs a thing called Hustlers University. And young boys who are under 18 are learning how to abuse women on a mass scale from it. And none of you care. That's like, that's where I'm at with it. I'm really angry that we're in this situation. Yeah, it's very exhausting when you realize there's like grooming and pedophilia and trafficking just kind of everywhere. And the, the rights... Um, Owen Benjamin was actually just tweeting about this, the same thing. He was saying that um, he joined the right because he wasn't Hollywood and there were just freaks and pedophiles everywhere he went. And he saw the right was being like, this is a problem. This is bad. Like, we shouldn't do that, right? Very sensible thing. Um, and then you realize, oh no, they're doing the exact same things. They're just lying about it. And the Hollywood freaks are more openly disgusting. Um, and I've certainly realized that myself, um, that really like rang true with me when he said that, because it's so weird hearing right-wingers be so obsessed with this idea of like pedophilia and QAnon and grooming, because these are the same guys that I, that argue every day about how you need to, you know, find a woman when she's 13 and hasn't been touched and doesn't know, you know, anything about the world and you can groom her and mold her to be exactly what you want. And it's like, that's literally the definition of grooming. <laughs> it was... So it's weird that they don't see that. They get so angry about this idea of gay men doing this to young boys. And, you know, rightfully so, but it's not that they actually have a problem with grooming. They have a problem with it, be, it occurring in a homosexual context. They don't actually have a, a like a fundamental moral problem with, with the idea of grooming. They just want it to happen under their terms, under for their order, right? Mm. So they would love for older heterosexual men to do this to young girls, um, they just have a problem when there's sodomy involved, basically. Well, I mean, I, I have a problem with that, but it's that um, 
like it's this bleed with the manosphere because I didn't I, I was aware of game and pickup artists and stuff since I was about 21. I think someone first told me about that. Um and but then you know I got into the right wing thing through basically conservatives um and then sort of drifted further and further as you go down that YouTube rabbit hole. But I was never au fait with like the manosphere and um all this sort of what rules of the game or whatever Rolo Tomasi is, rational male. And this stuff, mm-hmm. after I'd started my channel, people told me about it and kind of kind of insisted that I needed to be aware of all of it. And I, I, like, I instantly found it really revolting because I just, I, I, I'd like to believe it's rare for, or rarer, for people to actually relate to one another like that. Like I've, I've always run away from people that sort of do that game thing. And I've always run towards social circles that don't at least don't present that there's much of that going on. And there's just guys and girls being friends as a big old group. And, mm-hmm. and it's not really a weird thing. It was never a weird thing until I came to the right wing, right? I was in this in these lefty circles in the music industry and it was just fine you worked in a bar and some of the managers were women and some were men and it was just like fine and yeah some people ended up in bed together or fell out or whatever but like it's cool you just get along and it was only when I came to this right-wing thing where they were saying like well there's female nature so women don't belong in politics and and it it, it went beyond you you shouldn't trust them into like you absolutely never trust them and you have to anticipate that they're going to fuck you over down the line and i and it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because now they've basically ended up in the situation where no woman no rational woman is willing to support them and that's why pygmies look pretty ridiculous in 2023 um but they use that as evidence that women don't belong in politics. They bully them out of it and then say, see, they can't hack the heat. And it's like, no, there's a, there's an actual problem here. And as soon as you talk about it as a man, you'll get the same stuff coming back at you. Yeah, everyone will uh, call you a white knight or a simp or beta. It's, it's gotten to the point where it's like, Anytime a man has a normal relationship with Oven or has anything to nice nice to say about women at all, it's just like you're a gender traitor. It's I don't know, like it's just so paranoid and anxious and neurotic and nasty. And I just it's weird that this is supposed to be like the pinnacle of masculinity because I don't actually think that's what anyone really in their heart associates with masculinity. Um, you know, it, it's it's fundamentally very a very weak outlook. Um, it's you know, I, I wouldn't call that like a strong frame, right? This idea of yeah, they're always going to divorce you, you and fuck you over and cheat on you for Chad and the next. <laughs> A bigger dick like it's just it's there's nothing about that that conveys any sort of strength um there's nothing about that that would attract any sort of healthy woman that doesn't on some level believe all those negative things about herself mm. you know if you're going to believe that 
women really act that way, you're, I feel like you're only going to attract women that believe that about themselves. Because why would a woman who, who doesn't see herself that way and doesn't act that way and is kind and nice and loving, why would she be want to be around someone that no matter what she does, is, you know, he's not going to trust you and he's not going to believe it. And then there's just this idea of that a lack of trust just negates more of a lack of trust and actually produces more untrustworthy behavior. It's just kind of like basic game theory, right? Um, if you don't feel like your partner trusts you, it's not really rational to behave in a way that is all that trustworthy, actually, because they're never going to believe it. Um, so it's just a very bad spiral to be getting into. Um, it's not helpful for anyone, and it's certainly not helpful for families or any of these trap values that they supposedly have. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's all very sad, and it's all very counterproductive, I would say, to the very things they claim to want. And I think it's because they don't actually want any of that. I think they just want to whine. <laughs> I think they do just want to whine. And it's interesting, like, when I got uh, suckered into this stuff, not that I ever actually signed up to it, but just the point at which I was introduced to it, I'd just gone through a divorce. So... I was kind of at my ripest point for hating on women and believing some like nasty stuff about them. Because if I'd ever been fucked over, which I hadn't really, we just sort of fell apart. Um, it would have been then. And that's when this fella who was watching my channel recommended this book. And like, it has taken me a few years to understand that the book was teaching you abuse because it was teaching you to like keep the woman your target in a state of paranoia you've got to you can only present as a high value man by um making her scared that you're looking elsewhere that's basically it and and there's this crabs in the bucket thing where i think that this idea was presented to me when i was at my lowest ripest point and i did reject it and was like no that's disgusting and ungodly i'm going to you know think a little bit higher than all of this thank you but they were down there really wanting me to sort of stay in there with them and this i do believe is why every single woman is now mid like all of them amid there's no there's yeah. no scale here anymore i don't know if i don't know what's above and below mid i don't know if we refer to this as high or low because the only word i see anymore is mid and all that is is a sort of mass attempt to neg all women at the same time to just a huge attack on the self-esteem of all womankind in a desperate attempt to get them to lower their standards i don't think it's going to work either because Barbie's doing very well, isn't it? Yeah. The myth thing is funny. It's true. I don't even hear people call anyone ugly anymore. I just, I only hear mid. That is really strange. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the I'm not sure which book it is you read, but um, I think what you're describing is dread game, right? Um, like making that sort of, feeding that paranoia so that they can't leave. And it, it just feels like they're trying to do that like on a mass scale, like a, with all the uh, 
concern trolling about like cats and wine and SSRIs and you're going to be miserable and alone and no one's going to want you. That's just kind of like a mass scale dread game that they're trying to enact on women as a whole, along with the mid thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's really pretty fascinating. And it's, I don't know, like, <laughs> I think a number of women kind of fell for it at the beginning, but it's it just gotten so blatant at this point where it's like, am I the one who's scared of being alone or are you? Because why else are you trying to convince me so badly that I need to get married to you, right? Like, I don't, I, it's just, I really don't feel like these people are genuinely concerned about my well-being or any woman's well-being for that matter. Like, you're looking out for yourself. You're the one scared of being alone. Um, so it's just kind of funny. I think they've gone overboard with it to the point where they've kind of revealed their hand and now it's very obvious mm. as to what's going on. Um, and yeah, a lot of people are just really tired of it. I think for a moment it was very popular to do the misogyny thing, like ridicule the 19th of the woman. Um, and obviously there's still some women like that who exist, like Pearl. And they've unfortunately blown up, but but with almost an entirely audience, um, I think women have mostly fallen out of that. And I've I've noticed that a lot of women, you know, women who still consider themselves trad, women who still consider themselves right wing, um, you know, they haven't they they still very much identify with that, but they are they're tired, they're tired of the whining and the hate and the the black pilling and the idea that they don't love you and they're going to leave you for Chad and that I need that women need to be abused in order to get them to stay it's yeah I think they're just tired of it I think a lot of women had relationships with that type of guy and maybe they kind of did the I can fix something they were young I was young and I think we've all kind of did that relationship and we realized oh this is actually the worst this sucks and this is actually what's going to get a woman to leave you uh is doing that kind of shit and not being nice <laughs> it's literally the opposite um and the women have just completely flipped their position on that they've they've had to live it out they've had to deal with the consequences of that and they're over it you know they've realized what's what's actually true and they realized no like love is real I want a loving relationship this is insane this is this is just games for psychotic hurt little children who can't grow up and find Jesus for something well when uh, I see like those clips of the whatever podcast like Mr. Endure you remember Mr. Endure if there's someone that's very, very young and goes into a marriage and has kids when they're like 18, 19, 20, a year into the relationship, it gets really, really abusive. Even though it might be rare from what you guys think, it is. Uh, if it would happen, what would you recommend for those people? Would they divorce or do you want them to keep going in the relationship? Keep going. You can't divorce. That's not a real thing. Even though it might be like physically yeah, abusive. You got to endure. People are too... You want to stick in the relationship? People nowadays are just... Situation. For anyone that might be in that situation, what would you recommend? Okay, endure. Would they give up divorce? Endure.
you need to yeah yeah like I feel like I'm kind of peeking into a zoo if I look at that podcast I'm like this is this is kind of a I don't want to be too judgmental but this is just a level of humanity that I don't really engage with I don't end up in the situations or social settings that these sorts of people that are doing this dating behavior are in um but 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 I'm sort of concerned by them I mean the the playboy thing of the man baby basically like you've tweeted about this a whole bunch that like a playboy is kind of just screaming for mummy the whole time like a woman should cook and clean and work. like it's basically a, a sort of baby in a nappy and that might be what it stems from is those kind of childhood attachment issues because they are screaming like feed me service me or i can't do anything for myself that's that like far end and then i think on the more conservative ink daily wire there's just an addiction to like anti-feminism and we must oppose anything that we can label feminism at all costs and i wonder i now because i sign up to so many genuinely like rad femme positions like ban all and jail all pornographers like now immediately um and treat the porn stars as victims uh, we need to do something about like rape prosecutions because that's just terrifying and the way that yeah. survivors get abused on Twitter like it's really sad as well because the BBC have done a report on that with their disinformation expert who is also the woman that went debunked all our COVID people who I'm friends with basically she did hit pieces on all of them but when she's talking to the rape victims about the abuse they get on Twitter oh dear like the bbc is telling the truth on this one i'm with the girls this is a really bad problem and so i've i i it's why i find your handle rad femme hitler so interesting because as soon as i saw it i was like yeah no i can sign up to being a far-right radical feminist <laughs> and I think I I believe it's because in the run up to Trump, we were served some kind of weak ass liberal feminism where there were all these like big red characters sort of popping off about manspread spread eh, manspreading and mansplaining and saying like it's all of you, all of you are to blame for like all of this like faffy stuff. And I just wonder if that was served up. And so I went, well, I'm against that. You know, I'm an anti-feminist. And then as soon as I've been presented with the real facts, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Men are awful. Men are trash. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of my, um, you know, trad anti-feminist days myself were actually just a reaction to liberal feminism. Um I was always pretty disgusted with it and mostly because of how um, it just really encouraged um, women to be like sex workers and go on OnlyFans and that was supposed to be like empowerment. And I'm like, this is such a fucking scam and this is evil. Like this is such a ruse. Like women, that, that's not, I don't know how that was ever supposed to be considered feminist. Um, like, yeah, actually, if you lean into the worst ideas that men have about women and you have a bunch of horrible sex with men who hate you and don't care if you live or die, that's how you're going to win. That's how you're going to own them. That's how you're going to be empowered. 
um, that to me was just so sick. And I just, I, yeah, I just always had this visceral reaction to that because I, I never really, like as a, and I think a lot of young girls are like this, you're a young girl and you see the way men view women in a sexual context and it's, it's really quite traumatizing and you really hate it and kind of fear men and the idea that, and then to have, you know, this movement that's supposed to be for women tell you, no, actually lean into that, lean into that disgustingness and into men's worst like attributes and give them exactly what they want. Um, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense. And I think a lot of, a lot of women felt that that didn't make much sense and that that was actually really harmful. Um, and so for me, the only other option that was ever presented to me was like anti-feminist, Ben Shapiro, obliterates blue hair, like <laughs> compilation on YouTube. Like <laughs> those were the only two options presented to you for a while. So that was the only other thing I knew. That's what I went into. Um, whereas if I actually think about how I felt as a young girl, it would have actually been a lot more closer to sort of radical feminism, um, like on an instinctual level, just kind of funny. So I just kind of see it as I've actually returned some of my roots in the way I instinctually felt at, at a young age. Um, it's just that, you know, we live in a world of ideology and of people constantly trying to get your attention and to tell you what you need to get on board with this team. And those were the two mainstream options that most people saw. Um, now that social media has blown up as much as it has, and there's things like TikTok, uh, I think a lot of women have really fallen away from liberal feminism and have kind of figured out there's the other options. Uh, so it, it absolutely is falling out of fashion, and that's pretty exciting to see um, that there's, I think, more real feminism is is trending upward um but yeah that's kind of what happened with me is just that that was the only other option and then i realized no this is kind of the same it's the other side of the same coin um it's i think it's a quote like ray dworkin or something um she has a lot of great quotes but that like the left views women as public property and the right views women as private property. And so the right, so actually her book, Right Wing Women is very, very insightful. It is absolutely accurate. What she describes in there is actually exactly what happened to me. And I think what happens to a lot of women is that they see this idea of women being public property and that disgusts them. The only other option they presented to be saved from that is to be private property, is marriage, is traditional patriarchy. Um, but really, those are the same thing. Either way, you're not a person. Um, either way, you are catering to men's like most depraved desires. Uh, so yeah, eventually I snapped out of that when I had to deal with the consequences of those beliefs. Um, but I think 
for a lot of women, there just were, wasn't, there weren't other options really presented and that's on purpose. Um, and I, maybe my whole Twitter is just trying to, <laughs> to show women that actually there is a third way. Well, I, yeah, I think your Twitter is largely just you having fun and yeah and it infuriates people and that's a really interesting phenomenon so that's why i want to delve into it it's like that okay this <laughs> this girl's just kind of you know making herself laugh how does that have the power to enrage so many people um and it, and it is it's just because it's exposing something and you've you know when you were talking there it did remind me the, the reason I rejected liberal feminism was the hypocrisy. It wasn't so much that there was something like particularly wrong with the arguments. It was like selective outrage. It was like, we're really up in arms about this, yet ignoring all the, you know, what immigrants that are coming in fresh off the boat are actually doing. Like that was the far right tackling that one. And they were completely silent. And it was things like that that basically... Yeah drove me towards that side it was like why aren't you actually outraged about anything that I'm concerned about or anything that I'm yeah. in um and it was because like the big cliche with them was it was all about virtue signaling and it was because I knew loads of women and some of them started really annoying me on Facebook in about 2014 2015 because they started saying stuff that just didn't ring true to me as someone that was in a committed relationship where like I loved my my wife at the time and I was giving it a go and I was trying my best and I'm just seeing like men are trash men are trash men are trash and it wasn't thought out at all and like I knew them in person and they knew I was a nice guy and it got me really 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 angry because it wasn't well thought out and now and and that's why I'm kind of like angry that like why was this labeled feminism? Because when it, when I actually look into radical feminism, straight away you see this name Andrea Dworkin and a load of women that have been through this sort of pipeline of rejecting one side, going to the other, are kind of left with their jaws on the floor because they're like, fuck, this is horrible. She's written a book about me. Um, and I've heard that from, from loads of them. But but yeah, the third way I think is is essentially just be yourself. And that's what people like Ben Shapiro are really struggling with. He has to hate Barbie, else we'll lose. Yeah, it's it's so goofy. Um, like burning literal Barbie dolls and getting it it's just people get into this. I know the the right really likes to talk about like Trump derangement syndrome, but you know, the right has their own derangement syndrome in regards to a lot of things, particularly women. And it's just, it's like not a single thing can be nicely said about women or can be acknowledged about things that women experience and maybe problems that they have in society without him wanting to literally burn it down. Like, no, you can't do that. And he has to have a has to throw such a fucking tantrum over it and it's I don't know how people aren't more embarrassed watching that or don't reach a point where they're like maybe this is too much <laughs> like this isn't this is just reacting this isn't actually thinking about something or really considering it or making like a real argument um and yeah you definitely saw that with lip as well too 
Um, my big, another big problem I had with them was that they really want to call out misogyny in Western countries, but then they kind of just pretended that that doesn't exist elsewhere in the world. And actually, if we import a bunch of men from <laughs> from parts of the world where women don't have rights, that won't have a negative consequence on women here. Like that's just so diluted. They wanted to pretend like that misogyny doesn't exist, you know, in the Arab world, that it's not a problem, that it's actually far worse than it is here. Um, and, you know, and one thing I, I was always very much able to acknowledge is that it's, you know, we still deal with misogyny and women still have a lot of problems in the West, but I would rather live here way more than anywhere else. Like, it's not even a question. It's not even a question, not even a little bit. Well, I... Um, I, I think the alarm bells go off when it's like, wait, why is turning the clock back in some ways that, like, I, I'm, you know, the left is celebrating that women have freedoms and the right are saying, well, it's responsible for all our problems. Why don't we, you know, look back 50 years, look back 80 years, look back 100 years, or, like, look at these other countries like Iran where they've turned it all around, and it's like... I it just I don't think I signed up for this. This is disturbing because because the issues that really got me were these stories like Cologne. What happened at New Year's Eve, Cologne? Mm -hmm. That's that's insane that that's happened and that there's a media blackout. Like the women of Europe aren't safe. And um, when I was in school, um, I went to a boys' school, but it was twinned with a girls' school, and a lot of the girls like in Europe we're near enough to North Africa that a lot of people might go on holiday to Morocco or Tunisia or those kind of countries and all of the girls without fail came back with pretty nasty stories about like the amount of attention and just they'd not not seen men like that that had a very very different way of viewing manners and everyone knew there was this huge cultural difference between us and those Arab countries and that you would you were worth a lot of camels basically and then I remember in my mid-20s you just weren't allowed to talk about stuff like this anymore it was just like amnesia we're just gonna pretend that we didn't all already know that from the point that we were about 14 and I just like I can't do bullshit so I reacted really badly against it and lost and lost a lot of friends and that's why you know going all in for the right and then going, oh, you're just as bad. You know, the left were saying that the whole way along. But, yeah. Yeah, imagine you, <laughs> you're so horrified by the idea of importing a bunch of fighting age young men from very misogynistic cultures and they're coming here and they're committing violence against women. And the left is, ignoring it and just continuing to import these people and acting like it's not a problem like there aren't you know grooming gangs um and so you join the right because they claim they care about immigration only for the right to say they well actually we we, we want white sharia we want the same thing just with white people doing it instead and it's like what the fuck <laughs> 
what are you supposed to do at that point? It's, yeah, it's just, it's, that when that, that when that started to become a meme is when I first started being like, I, I don't know. <laughs> that was when I first had these kind of inklings that maybe I wasn't really in the right place and that maybe these really weren't my people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my experience with it was quite weird because I, yeah, I did the internet thing where I made a channel and I didn't even have Telegram before making my channel. And then I, like, I wasn't aware that there were so many of these people running these Anon Pepe 1488 accounts and living their life this way. Because I put myself on the internet and said, hi, my name's Nick, and just didn't really think about it. Because I was like, I've already lost all my friends because they're libs and I'm not. So let's start again. And I just didn't know that there was this incredibly, like, secretive and paranoid culture that... I was only sucked into it for probably three to six months where I was like deep in these sort of telegram chat groups um, before lockdown came along and basically they all got hard on for fascism and thought that I was like a cut or something for being like, no, the government's locked everyone up. This is a bad thing. We, we, we don't, we don't support this. They were like, really, they didn't want to be seen as libertarians. So that was quite a nice Okay, you, you you're into this then, um, but it was really extreme. I'd never seen or experienced time with people that was so dysfunctional. With um, I don't just want to say women, like especially women. They had absolutely no idea what to do if there's like a woman in the group because they this the, their starting point was like, well, we can't trust women. <laughs> it's like that's step one so what do we do with her um but they also I went to the pub with some of them like twice I think and they didn't really know what to do at all they by the end of the night some of them had started singing some incredibly racist songs really loudly in central London which is just a terrible idea it's the most diverse nation or no most diverse city on the planet at this point and um and i just yeah so were you like deep in one of these sort of groups where people are like really really trad and seem to believe this stuff that i thought was like a hardy harm meme i thought like repeal the 19th aren't women useless was kind of a bit of a joke and then it was really serious so were, were you like deep in with some people like that or yeah mostly online this was like all on facebook back then um but there are a lot of groups like that. And I think it kind of started out as a joke, but then it got like weird. <laughs> and then you would hear stories just like that, where people would be like in public, just shouting that kind of stuff, like around people <laughs> where they could see you and hear you. And it's like, well, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is not a serious group of people. Actually, these people kind of frighten me um I, I feel like they almost have a death wish like they just don't give a fuck about anything uh there is such a threat of nihilism in those spaces and just a lot of emotional problems and in addictions too there are so many problems with um with alcohol and just substance abuse and all sorts of i would say personality disorders and mood disorders like these were not 
you just realize this was not like a this is not like a well-adjusted normal group of people and maybe that's actually part of why they believed these things um that were just so psycho and would scare a normal person as you know as it should i think there was just so much pride in this idea of like oh like the normies get scared and freaked out and they don't get it and it's like i, I don't know what these brain worms are actually doing for you i think these are actually the normies are a lot more normal and healthy than you are even though they have their own issues um normal people don't want to go out in public screaming racial epithets you know mm. i mean the, and, the, like, yeah, sorry go ahead. no it's just that the flip side of that coin is essentially antifa or uh, yeah been, and like that i did know you know, maybe not Antifa people that went out like bashing the fash, but I knew some like squat punks. And I initially thought it was like glamorous and cool because fuck the system. But essentially it was a load of people who stole each other's tobacco and spare change and stuff because they didn't really believe in money, man. And um, and there was a lot of nasty stuff going on with uh open relationships and thruples and this and i i pretty firmly believe that like there's always someone that's coerced someone into making this relationship open and there's someone that's less comfortable with it and i basically yeah saw loads of that and so i guess that's the side of the coin that embraces that and says well there's nothing wrong with it you know who are you to judge are you some like christian conservative reactionary that hates women and then they can get away with all this. And then I guess this lot on this side, well, they always had this, they could never admit that they were like broken. You had to be the ubermensch, right? With, uh, with mm -hmm. a lot of this like, you know, obsessive fitness stuff, um, which is really gay as well. Can we talk about that before we run out of time? Bodybuilding is literally for gay men, isn't it? It is. Um... But yeah, the it's funny you're talking about Antifa because I always felt that psychologically these people actually had a lot in common with each other and the, in regards to the degree of just how like mentally ill and how kind of like actually on the outside of society that they are and how they're proud of that. Mm. And um, just the, yeah, the way they identify with it and um, yeah, how they screw each other over too. I never saw as much drama and just constant turning on each other and petty bullshit than I did with the men of the dissident right. And I guess that ties into the fact that, they, <laughs> that they're pretty. <laughs> There's like this gay gattiness to them and that ties into the whole bodybuilding thing. Um, the weird obsession with their own drama and their personal lives of each other and then to their own bodies it's I just don't remember men being like this before actually well like your boomer dad didn't act this they they don't this is this is the funny thing I well, yeah when I was doing my channel during the lockdown I got a lot of hate as well I had some good haters and I'd always get like teased for um Oh, just not having any muscles or not having ever ever done any, a proper day's labor. And so as when lockdown was over, I was like, right, I want a job on a building site because I, I do want to work outside. I And I, for like 
over a year I've been doing that now. So I work with the guys in that like industry and it's hilarious how different they are to this strange thing that you see a lot of on Twitter of like success mindset, bro, crypto super courses, get buff now and all that. Like this, <laughs> the men who are actually building your houses and doing your plumbing and all that, they're just driving around in vans existing on these like sandwiches bought from from the side of the road and they stink and they don't look like this but they're all married and they've all got kids whereas you're still like you still want that you're still working so hard and I, I did notice that like these guys are all really drooling over each other aren't they they all hold other men up as like this sort of oh I wish I could be like that guy the way that Patrick Bet David was drooling over Tate was fascinating. And oh God, they're gay, aren't they? All of these guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's good. Uh, a mutual of mine a while back called it auto androphilia. That's like they're not AGP; they are auto androphilia. They're like getting turned off. They're they're male to male transsexuals, right? And then. The uh, the trad wives are actually female to female transsexuals. Oh, so they so the fetish is turning into the masculinist man you can. Yeah. And then you fall in love with yourself the same way that a tranny guy is falling in love. Yeah. With That's fascinating because it yeah. is about narcissism. Like this whole thing relates around narcissism. My recent theory, because in the Tate game, it's like really really late in the day. And yet there are still some people who are like, oh, my God, this latest interview is amazing. The Matrix is trying to get him. And I'm trying to think, right, who at this stage can't see it? And the pattern that I've spotted is they're all people that love the attention on themselves. They're all people mm. with a lot of selfies. They're all people that need to react to every story and have a viral tweet on and react to each one. You've got to, have, got to be on it every day. They're all taken in by it. So his spell seems to work on other people that think like that at this point. I've noticed that. I see narcissism everywhere now. Yeah, there's such a degree of navel gazing involved in all of it. Um, we kind of really do live in the age of narcissism. It, it, it has exploded. And I think there's a reason why it's become such like a meme word too, you know? Like everyone wants to call their ex a narcissist, but I think it's because generally there's just higher instances of it now like we just see it more it exists more it's the that's the culture we live in well it's not like uh, yeah i just see it as a lens it's one of those terms like trauma where essentially i can kind of put everything into this box people are either reacting from a sort of traumatized place or they're you know in their creative source aligned good and um and doing something nice and divine and it's kind of one or the other and that's just become my lens on it so that kind of broadens it out i've got to ask you before we end is all of this us kind of watching the divine feminine whatever that is kick the shit out of the distorted masculine because i've just found myself rooting for whatever this feminine chaotic force is for about the past three years now and I don't really know what it is, but I know that I like it. It does kind of feel that way. 
Um, I think, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this before that I think like, you know, you kind of start out naturally in a sort of matriarchy and then to get out of the jungle or whatever, patriarchal societies to form. But the, the whole point is to actually kind of return to the womb, to the matriarchy, to the divine feminine. I don't think anyone really fundamentally wants to live in such a harsh kind of world. Um, and I think that kind of relates to this idea of like, what do they call it? A uh, fully automated gay space, like luxury communism, <laughs> right? You get to the point where you have enough technology that a lot of scarcity just kind of ceases to exist and you kind of come back to your hunter-gatherer state, except you also have advanced technology. You mm -hmm. kind of combine that that lack of scarcity and that abundance with, you know, advanced tools and tech. And yeah, you you return to the divine feminine. I think that's kind of what's happening. I think women are are sensing that that's on the horizon and. So I do think women are naturally in tune with this cycle that's supposed to play out. Like, I, I just feel like we sense that on this weird primal level that maybe men don't unnecessarily and they feel that. And yeah, I think they're, uh, <laughs> I think they're just letting it be known that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's worth thinking about and it's an interesting like theory. Um, I really like this idea that, yeah, dog eat dog doesn't really work when like everyone's got somewhere to live and an iPhone and like it's yeah. and everyone's obese rather than being starving. So so you don't need to like get in the hustle to get ahead. You right. can't just like sit on your ass and do nothing and you'll still survive. So so yeah, the the patriarchy like i get that's the funny word in all of it because basically your ben shapiro's and your matt walsh's have to scoff at the idea of this patriarchy because that's a feminist concept but it's like well i can see it you know i know a couple of reverends and they did a episode recently where someone had said is god the father sexist and my instant reaction will is well yeah of, of course it is because yeah logically like if god is everything then he can't be male but not female. yeah exactly he you've would clearly have where you've both and all and everything half. yeah he wouldn't be one or the other he that would that would render him kind of neutered in a way like he'd just he'd just be a dude <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't make any sense you need one yeah. to, to have the other like they they are designed to complement each other it, exactly it, it wouldn't make any sense so all these people that want to laugh at the idea that we live in a patriarchy i just kind of think yeah but your argument is like flawed from the most basic premise because you because look at all this stuff we've got the, the symptoms of this, uh, everything we were talking about, about women essentially being property, like you can you can demonstrate that the left wing saying sex work is work. Well, that's, you know, saying that it's perfectly fine for your body to be bought. Basically, if you if you happen to be born on the bottom of the poverty ladder, you, it's fine. Sex work is work. It's empowering. Get on with it. And then on the right, well, the best thing a, a woman can be is a good wife. Like, I'm sorry, guys, patriarchy exists and I'm absolutely fine with Barbie coming along and smashing it. Absolutely fine.
<laughs> go Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, thank you very, very much for joining me. I hope that it does all it does all collapse the horrible patriarchal system, and um, and we can party on the new earth. But um, yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me again. This was fun.